I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to Stepping Up, the podcast where we explore all things organisation, mental health, routines, personal development, motherhood and health. I'm your host, Steph Pace, and I'm the woman behind Just Another Mummy blog and also the founder of Steph Pace Planners. But I can assure you this is not just another podcast. Online, I'm known for my organisation tips and tricks and the occasional banter, but it definitely wasn't always this way. I used to be a hot mess and occasionally still am, and I'm here as your honest and real friend each week to show you how I turn my life of chaos into clarity. Between the house, health, kids, work, and wanting to be the best version of yourself, it can be overwhelming. And I'm here to give you the tools and tips to stop you feeling like a slave to your daily tasks, home, life, and especially the expectations you have on yourself. Join me as I share my journey and insights into the art of balancing it all and speak to guests who can help us all live a better life. Whether you're looking to streamline your daily routines, boost your well-being, achieve your fitness goals, dive into personal development, or find inspiration to step up into the best version of yourself, we've got you. So are you ready to step up your game? Let's go. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Stepping Up. Today is a podcast I've been wanting to record forever. Ever since I got back from my health retreat that I went on, I know I keep talking about this bloody health retreat, but it changed my life, especially when it comes to technology and the things I learned about, you know, the phone and how it affects us. Anyways, before I get into that, a bit of a life update. I'm not going to lie, it's been an absolute shit show in the Pace household for a little while. Now, look, as you guys know, we've been living in the unit for a few weeks and I didn't expect it to affect the kids as much as it has. And look, granted, it is the end of the school term. It's the end of the year. They're obviously really tapped out at this point, but especially Harper. So Harper's seven and she's basically a teenager and them just having to share a room. They're just not loving it. So I shared this bedtime routine a little while ago on my socials and what it is, I called it fairy time because I wanted to make it like cute and not be like bedtime routine because that doesn't sound fun as a kid. That just sounds like it sucks. (laughs) So I wanted to make it a bit fun. So basically what it is from 6pm onwards, I aim to have the kids bathed, they've had their dinner and ready for bed to let them unwind because my kids literally take a couple of hours to decompress from the day. I get it. I understand the feels, okay? I'm the same. So yeah, that's the new aim of the game. And yes, on Mondays, we have swimming lessons. They get home at six. But what we do is we shower them at the pool and they're in their pajamas straight away. And then we have dinner ready when they get home. But yeah, I feel like they're just out of sorts. So I've re-implemented fairy time. And that means like there's no overhead lights on. And also with the TV, our girls are very, very sensitive souls like their mother. So at night now, I try to only have that ambience thing I play on YouTube. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but... Literally, next time you're at home and you want to feel all cozy and relaxed, hop onto YouTube and search Ambience. And there's these amazing like 3D kind of worlds or like scenes. So you could be at like a coffee shop or it could be bloody Hogwarts at Christmas and they have like jazz music and it looks really realistic and it just really calms you down. So that's what I have on now. And it worked really well last time and I feel like the whole family just really needs it because as I talked about a couple of weeks ago about routines, like as soon as you're out of sorts, your brain just freaks out. It likes things that are familiar and knows what's happening. So that's what we're doing at the moment. Let me know if you try fairy 
time with your kids or with yourself. I need my own fairy time. I'm 33 years old and I need fairy time so I can get myself into bed and go to sleep. And the thing is too, like you don't have to do the same thing as everyone else. This is, sorry if you guys don't have kids, but I'm quickly going to talk about this because you know, I feel like a lot of us think, you know, you got to do dinner and then you bath them, blah, blah, blah. But for me, like if we're not going out the house again, as soon as they get home from school, I'm like, get in the bath. Like, let's get this done because then you can relax for the whole afternoon. And I don't know about your kids, but our kids take a long time to do pretty much anything. <laughs> so the earlier you can chuck them in the bath, if you know you're not going out again, just get them in there and get it done. So anyways, that's what's going on at the Pace household. We're, you know, just really focusing on our routines again and just how we can all help each other, you know, get settled, really. But anyways, moving on from the chaos, I'm really excited to say that this episode is part of our Happy Girl Summer Series. You guys have been asking when's more episodes coming for the Happy Girl Summer Series. And if you guys missed it, basically, this is a series I'm doing to have your best summer yet. And, you know, you know, hot girl summer, but that never really resonated with me. I'm like, I just want to be happy. Like, I love all the hot girls, love them, but I just want to be happy. So I want to do a series of episodes that are going to just help you you know, be your happiest self yet. So today's episode, I think it's going to be a bit confronting for many of us, even myself, because today I'm going to be talking about our phone use and our screen time. And you're going to be asking yourself, am I addicted to my phone? Now, before I get into this, I'm the first person to say that I love social media. I love a good cat meme. I love scrolling, you know, especially once the kids have gone to bed and you feel like you just haven't had any time for yourself. There's nothing better than like jumping on TikTok and I get to watch like book talk and like that lady scooping nail charms into a jar because for some reason that I really like that. So this episode is not at all me shaming anyone because look, my job is social media. I wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for social media. However, I think there's just so much that goes into, you know, the science behind why we are addicted to our phones and I guess like we've just become so accustomed to having this essentially an extension of ourselves in our hand. When you think about it, like when are you ever not with your phone? It's always next to you. Even at like when you go out for dinner, you have it on the table usually. Like people will, you know, put the screen down to be like a bit more polite, but we always have it with us. And you know the times that you've forgotten your phone, you feel naked. You just feel weird. And that's because we're just so used to having our phones on us 24-7. And of course, it is amazing that we have this technology. But I feel like as humans, we're the first, I guess, generations to have this thing called technology. When you think about it before, like our grandparents and things like that, they didn't have, you know, social media. They didn't have this phone in their pocket all the time. So we're like the first pioneers of having, you know, technology so ingrained into our life. And you have to wonder, what are the repercussions of this? There has to be some repercussions and some negatives to this. And I know you guys would know this. You know, the mornings you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, I've got a big day ahead, I've got to work. And you jump on your phone and you start scrolling and you see bloody Susie, who's on a yacht in the Maldives, and you're bloody stuck at home scraping your kid's poop off the carpet. <laughs> and you're straight away comparing yourself to strangers on the internet. Now, just remember, Susie could be having a really shit time on that yacht. She could be sunburnt. She could be having a fight with her boyfriend. There could be so much going on. But of course, you only see that she's on this yacht drinking wine and having a great time. And that's the problem with social media, which I'll get into later, is that, you know, you only do see what people want to show you. It's like when you, you know, go for a job interview. On your resume, you will only put on there what you want your future employer to know about you. It is the same with our social media. We choose what we want to share. 
And yes, it can be an amazing place for connection. Like myself, I started my Instagram, and my blog, because I had Harper and I didn't have any mum friends. And it honestly really helped me. Like I got to connect with other mums and it really did help my mental health. And there's always a time and a place for things like that. But when it comes to, you know, waking up every day and you're comparing yourself, that will create havoc on your mental health. And, you know, even as a mother, now I'm, I'm really outing myself here and I'm being very open, but I remember when Harper was, I think she was two. And for some reason, when she got hold of my phone, she'd start like swiping the screen like she already knew what to do with it. And I won't lie, that scared the shit out of me because I'm like, how does this kid know what I'm doing? But the thing is, they're watching. They are watching us. And again, it's okay to want to have time out and just sit there and scroll on your phone while your kids watch TV or whatever, or if they're on their iPads. But, you know, I think it's really good for this episode for us to like sit back, listen to the facts, listen to the science and the studies that have been done, because I really think your mind's going to be blown for what I'm about to share and just see how much of an effect your phone use is having on your mental health. But before we get into the episode, this is your weekly stepping stone and it's kind of playing on that phone bedtime routine kind of vibe. What I want you to do, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, at nighttime, you know, let's say the kids are in bed, hopefully, or they're fighting. <laughs> let's just say you have some time to yourself. I want you to sit down with your journal or a book or a piece of paper, even if you have your phone, whatever you want to use. And I want you to try and do a week of PM purges. So if you don't know what that is, basically what I do before I go to bed, if my brain is really, really busy, I like to do a PM purge. And that basically is me just brain dumping my thoughts, things I'm worried about, anything I have to do the next day, all into my book, into my planner or my journal. And it honestly just helps me feel so much lighter. And that is part of my fairy time routine. So I really would love you guys, just even if you can do it like two nights this week, I want you to give it a go. So if you're you know, feeling a bit flustered before you're going to bed, grab your journal, write down your PM purge. It can literally be half a page, whatever you feel comfortable and just see how much more your brain will be relaxed for bed. So that is this week's Stepping Stone. Now, what drove me to do a podcast about phone use? To be completely honest, I never really thought too much about, you know, how much I was using my phone or how much it would be possibly affecting my mental health until I went on a health retreat. Now, if you guys don't know, after I lost my nan and dad, I went away on a health retreat because I was at an all-time low. As you could imagine, I was really, really struggling. And it was pretty much between going to seek, you know, mental health help at a hospital and possibly stay there. Or Ryan was like, you know what? You've been wanting to go on this retreat for a long time. Let's give this a crack first. And again, because I was desperate to just do something about my mental health at that state, I, I didn't really think it was going to do too much, to be completely honest. I was like, okay, it'll be fine. I'll get to do some yoga, eat some good food and, you know, walk through the rainforest. <laughs> but honestly, I cannot tell you how confronting it was going to this health retreat where there is no reception, there was no internet, and in your room there's no television, which I, as you guys know, I don't watch a whole lot of television, but I didn't realise just the comfort it brings. You know, when you are at home and you're not necessarily watching it, but you have it on in the background. And the first night I stayed there, I was, I'm not lying, I was having kind of panic attacks about it because I was up this mountain. So just to set the scene, it's in this beautiful kind of rainforest. You have cabins up there. And, you know, when you finish your dinner with everyone else on the retreat, you get your flashlight and you walk up this mountain to your cabin. And as someone who watches a lot of true crime 
anything in the dark scares the shit out of me. Like previous to this retreat, I couldn't even walk out the front to get into my car in the driveway at 5am if it was dark. I would literally panic. I would check the boot and I just, you know, and I love true crime, but I didn't know how much it was affecting my mental health. Anyway, so first night, I'm at the top of this mountain. So my cabin is the very, very top and it takes quite a long time to get up there. And of course, I got my flashlight. I was saying goodbye to all the other people. They've kind of started branching off to their cabins. And then I'm up the top walking by myself. I was freaking out. I was freaking the shit out. (laughs) I get to my cabin, I lock the door, and then I put like my suitcase against the door. And I just, I don't know, I was just freaking out. Anyway, so I get in there and then I look around. There's no TV on the wall. My phone doesn't work. Like it obviously works, but it's not connected to anything. You literally can't do anything on even apps. Like obviously all apps need internet. So it was literally me and my book and my journal. But it was the oddest feeling because when you think about it, as an adult, and since technology has come out, when is the last time you've ever not had the TV or a podcast or your phone going off around you? Like you're always connected at some capacity. And the first two nights of that retreat, I was so incredibly uncomfortable and I just did not know what to do with myself. And it made me realize how it was actually the first time in my adult life, I've actually switched off and I unplugged and it was bloody uncomfortable at first. But by day three, I started feeling amazing. You know, you guys know I have anxiety and things like that, but you know, my anxiety, I kind of explain like it's always there, you know, before the retreat, I would say it was like a six to seven out of 10. By day three of the retreat, it went down to like a three or a four. There was just this feeling of calm and peace because I didn't have to get back to people. I didn't have to check my notifications to see if anyone's needing me or, you know, communicating with me or, you know, my team needs something or, you know, just all those things where I just feel like we all feel so suffocated because we are all contactable 24-7. Human beings should not be contactable 24-7. And it made me realise we are literally a bunch of overstimulated toddlers. You know what it's like when your kid gets too much iPad time? You know, like literally when I give my kids the iPad, they change. They change and they're scary and they're angry humans. They won't give it up. It's like crack. They do not want to give it up because it's addictive. And I'm going to get into that more in a minute because we can't feel bad for being addicted to these things because they're literally created to be addictive. So when I went on this retreat and I was unplugged, a couple of days. And it's funny because when you're there, you really do notice who's been there for a few days and who's just got there. Like when I first got to this retreat, I was rushing around still. I was like, oh, got to get to yoga, got to get to this. And I'm still in this rush phase. And then there's people you're walking past who are just so chill and they're just walking really slowly and they're like, hi. And you're like, oh, I want to be like that. And then that was me by day four. And I remember seeing the new people come in and they're rushing around, they're rushing around and they're like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do with the reception? And you're like, so calm. And it's just like, shit, is that how life is meant to be? Are we meant to be calmer? Are we meant to not always have an agenda? Are we meant to just be? You know, and there's this quote that says, you're a human being, not a human doing. And I feel like technology has really pushed us into human doings. We're always doing something. Even when you wake up in the morning, like what's the first thing you think of when you wake up? All the things you have to do. Instead of just waking up and just giving yourself a minute and just being, we're already on our phones. We're already thinking about our to-do lists. It's just this thing in our head. And I'm like, 
you know, I was talking to Ryan about this the other week and he's like, Steph, why do you reckon, you know, mental health is at an all-time low? And honestly, again, I'm not a scientist, but these studies obviously back what I'm about to say up. It's because we're always online. We're always connected in some capacity. You know, I still remember when people started coming out more with like being a bit more comfortable about their anxiety and things like that. And I remember there were some people and they're like, oh, like everyone's got bloody anxiety these days. And I'm like, yeah, they do because everyone's bloody overwhelmed because we're all connected 24-7. We're all overstimulated and we just need to give ourselves some bloody minutes. But anyways, I could go on about that all day. So after this health retreat, I was supposed to only go for four nights. I ended up extending it because I did not want to go home. And I ended up having to go home because we had planner launch for my 2024 planners. But I came back a different person. Even the girls at work, it was planner launch week. And for us, that is such an intense week. And I remember being like, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, like, and it just helped me zoom out. Because I think when you're caught up in the day-to-day things, like some minor inconvenience really just seems a lot bigger to us. But because I had all this time to disconnect and really like zoom out on my life and like the world, and I know I'm starting to get sound a bit woo-woo, but it made me just get a lot more perspective on what's actually important. So little things that like, you know, maybe there's a problem with the website when the planners went up or maybe, you know, the right photos weren't edited properly for the planners and things like that, that would normally would have probably stressed me out. I was like, uh we'll fix it when we can. And yes, there is obviously time and place to have that mentality, but it really did give me perspective. And the girls were like, Steph, um, are you smoking anything right now? (laughs) It was so funny. Anyways, so let's get stuck into some data on how much the average person spends on their phone. So according to recent data, the average person spends three hours and 15 minutes on their phone each day. And one in five smartphone users spends upwards of 4.5 hours on average on their phones every day. So I'm going to be completely honest. Before my health retreat, I had a phone usage of eight to nine hours per day. And yes, a lot of that it has to do with work, but I'm not going to sit here and say to you that was all work. 100% our apps are addictive and you some, you know what it's like. You go on your phone to do something and then next minute you're on Instagram and you're like, why am I on here? And it's like, I want I actually want to give you guys a bit of a challenge. I want you to move your social media apps around on your phone and watch how many times you automatically click the spot where it used to be. It is insane how ingrained the habit is in our head. Anyways, so for me, yeah, it was a lot. Do I need to be on my phone eight to nine hours every day, even though I'm social media? Not every day. Absolutely not. If I'm editing, okay, yes, but that's not really social media. So let's just say the average person's on their phone for four hours a day. If you times four by seven days of the week, that means you are on your phone for 28 hours a week. That literally means you are on your phone for more than one whole day every week. Isn't that insane that we're spending 28 hours, and this is for people who are pretty good, actually, four hours is quite a good amount of screen time, I have to say. But for someone that's like, you know, imagine if for me, okay, I'm going to do the math. So if we do eight times seven, that is 56 hours a week I was on my phone. That is me losing more than two full days. That is insane. And it's actually kind of sad, isn't it? Like, let's see how much I was on my phone for a whole year. Okay, ready? So we're going to do 56 hours times 52. 2,912 hours. And I've been doing that for a long time. Holy shit. So 2,912 hours is the equivalent to 121 days, which means I was spending 33% of my year on my phone. 
makes you feel a little bit sick, doesn't it? (laughs) Wow. And again, I'm not here to make us feel bad. I'm not. I just kind of want us to wake up a little bit because the changes I made to cut my screen time in half, which I'm going to tell you exactly what to do step by step later in this episode, changed my life. It changed my mental health. It changed my productivity. Because when you think about it, how many of us say, oh, I don't have enough time to go to the gym. I don't have enough time to do that. But if you go into your screen time and even just look at the social media apps alone, you would be on there easily more than an hour a day. And you only need essentially 20 to 45 minutes to exercise each day. You know what I mean? And I know this is quite confronting, but I feel like it's just so, so important. And then on average, people check their phones 58 times per day and 52% of their phone checks are during work hours. And I can tell you now, I remember I used to have this app and my phone pickups were like over 100 easily. How many times do you just pick up your phone to look at it and you're like, why am I even looking at my phone right now? I just looked at it. So before you start getting all hard on yourself and feeling bad for your own screen time and possibly wasting 30% of a year on your phone, I want to start talking about the science and why we are so addicted to our phones. Because again, the companies that create social media and these apps, they are doing it strategically. Their currency is our attention. And that is why, I'm going to get into it in a minute, but that's why social media apps are essentially free. They're free, but their currency is our attention. We are technically the product for, you know, companies and brands and things like that, which is fantastic for small business. But where do we draw the line? So I read some interviews with Anna Lambrecht. She's a psychiatry professor and chief of the Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic at Stanford University. And Tristan Harris, who's a co-founder and president of the Center for Humane Technology. And these guys were actually featured in, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a show on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And I remember when I watched that, I literally wanted to delete all my apps, but I can't because it's my job. But definitely give that a watch if you can. So basically, these two talk a lot about, you know, how social media companies use mechanisms in our brain to hook us onto social media. Now, this was an interview with Vogue, and it was a very, very good interview. Um, Before I do these podcasts, guys, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of research, and I'm very specific about what I talk to you about. So in this interview, they say how social media has been linked to increased anxiety, depression, sleep disruption, antisocial behavior, which I find interesting because when you think about it, social media is meant to be for being social, but I feel like we are now in such an age of being so antisocial. It's insane. Like this is a bit on a tangent now, but I remember when I was younger growing up, I think MySpace just started, but you still had to like physically pick up the phone and like call your friend's home phone. And then you'd have to actually talk to their parents and say like, hi, is Barbara home? I don't know why I said Barbara, but you have to be like, hi, is Barbara home? So you have to talk to that person and then you get to talk to your friend. Where now, I don't know about you guys, but who hates answering phone calls? And it's because literally social media has made us so antisocial because it's so much easier just to send them a message, you know, do a comment. And because we are seeing updates on their life, we kind of feel like we're still seeing them and we still know what's going on with them. But we really don't because, like I said, we choose what we put up there. But that's a whole other conversation. Anyways, in this interview, Lambeck, hopefully I'm saying that right, explains how social media creates a dopamine deficit in our brains. So what she said to Vogue was social media is basically a way to drugify human connection. We've evolved over millions of years to want to connect with people because it helps us protect ourselves from predators. Use resources, find a mate. One of the ways our brains gets us to make those connections is to release dopamine. And now we all know dopamine is a naturally occurring feel-good chemical that triggers our reward system. You know, when we, you know, eat good food, you know, maybe go shopping, you know, when 
people take addictive drugs, you get that big spike and hit of dopamine. So why is this important? Because social media essentially mimics our human connection and you get a hit of dopamine every time you scroll. Every time a new thing pops up, every time you get a new notification, you get a hit of dopamine. And this is all with minimal effort because before social media, for us to get the same hits of dopamine, you'd have to do, you know, a lot more activities. You'd have to maybe go see your friends or go dancing or listen to really good music or things like that. It took a lot more effort where now it's basically what she says is a bottomless bowl of dopamine. And the thing with this is, and why this is a problem, is because the more we activate it, the more we get those hits of dopamine, the more we want to use it. And this, unfortunately, over time puts us in a dopamine deficit where we, you know, experience a lot less pleasure, which means we basically don't find it as fun when we're not using the drug or your phone. And we tend to need to do it more often. So what she says is essentially like a come down. That moment of wanting to stay online to click on one more video or connect with one more person, it's addictive. If you've been following along this journey, you'll know how much organisation has changed my life. I was and still am a hot mess and honestly, without my planner by my side, nothing would get done. I spent years creating these planners. They have sections for monthly reflections, intention setting, resets, challenges, meal planning, cleaning schedules, budgeting, and my secret page to make sure you can balance it all. As a thank you for listening to my podcast, I want to give you your own exclusive discount code, Steffing Up, for 15% off any products over at Steph Pace Planners. So if you're ready to take back control of your life and get on top of your to-do list, head to stephpaceplanners.com.au and use the code STEFFINGUP for your discount today. Now let's get back to the episode. So you might be wondering, like, how do you know if you're in a dopamine deficit state? Lembeck says, when you're scrolling through social media and feel like you can't stop and it doesn't actually feel good and you aren't getting anything from your actions, but you keep scrolling, that means you're in a dopamine deficit. And it can feel similar to depression and anxiety. And this is where it gets complicated because, again, this is how our brains are wired. And it isn't our fault that we get addicted to things like this because, you know, these app and tech companies are literally using our, you know, neurology and our, how our brains are made to make these apps addictive. And Tristan Harris, the guy I was just talking about, he said, it's not addictive by accident, it's addictive by design, which is actually a very scary thing to think. And he says, these app companies, they don't sell your data, they sell the capacity to influence and manipulate your thoughts, beliefs and behaviours through advertising. So as long as we're using the product, their business model is making sure that we use it as frequently and for as long as possible. That is why when you think about, you know, these apps like TikTok and everything like that, to swipe to the next thing, they make it incredibly easy. It's literally a swipe of your thumb and they're always updating it to make it easier and more addictive. And again, I'm not saying that these things are bad. Again, I, I obviously I said I love a scroll, but it is kind of scary and pretty confronting to think that these guys are literally working with scientists to hold our attention for as long as possible. And honestly, guys, I could go on about, you know, the science behind this all day, but I think you can get the picture from what I've just shared. And also there was studies that say our attention span is at an all-time low. It's the worst we've ever had, which is terrifying, especially when you think about like, how are we going to be when we're 80 years old? And I also learned at the health retreat, there was actually a neurologist there and she said that, you know, again, every time a notification comes up on our phone 
our brain thinks there's a threat. So yes, we get the hit of adrenaline, which feels good, but it's actually our brain thinking there's a threat, like there's a bear. And it's pumping us with adrenaline all day, every day. And that is why we're all so burnt out. And that was the one common theme amongst everyone that went on this retreat that I went on. There was, you know, a police psychologist, there was someone that worked in family violence, there was business owners, there was mums, completely different fields, but we all had the same things in common, which was we were so burnt out and we all just needed to disconnect for a minute. So it doesn't matter what job you do, this is affecting everyone right now. So, you know, I just touched a little bit on about why we get addicted, which is, you know, we're addicted to the dopamine hit. It's the algorithm as well within our phones that always caters to us and what we're interested in. Like I know for me, I went through this phase. I don't know if you guys remember, but I went through this phase where I wanted to get lots of ear piercings and I started looking up piercings and then my whole explore page was just ear piercings and it looked really weird. And then now, obviously, I've always been a big reader, but lately I've been reading a new book and I've been looking up fan art and stuff like that. Yes, I'm lame, but anyway. And now my whole explore page is about books, like that specific book I'm reading. So again, it's designed to just really cater to us and make us like hold our attention for as long as possible. Now, knowing all that stuff I just told you, like what can you do about it? Because yes, it's overwhelming. And the thing is, we've been doing these things for years. Even though there's been new social media apps, things are always changing. We have essentially been doing this for quite a long time. And it's just so accessible. You know, I remember in high school, for me to be on my social media, I had to get to the big box computer. I had to make sure no one was on the phone because we had to use the dial-up internet. And then I'd have to literally sit in a study where my mum was as well to be able to like talk to my friends. So a lot of the time, you know, I would be on MSN back in the day, but it wasn't as accessible. So, you know, you'd go to school, you'd get home, and then I would try to find some time to jump on the computer and I'd be on there for, yes, a long time. But I couldn't be on there all night because it just, it wasn't comfortable. I couldn't get into bed and it made it a bit more harder. But now that's what's scary I go on another note as a mum. I think about when the girls get older and, you know, when they're in high school and say there is, you know, some bullying going on. Because they have their phones, they essentially can't even escape that, which is absolutely terrifying. Like they won't allow themselves to switch off. They're young, you know, they like to socialize and things like that. And I think that's going to be a big battle for us as parents is being like, okay, I want my kids to feel like they have some freedom and I'm not going to be like that helicopter parent. I don't want to be so strict that they, you know, resent me for it. But I'm also like, how do we teach our kids about how much this is affecting our mental health? And I think, again, this really comes back into the responsibility of these apps and these social media companies on like they have to draw a line somewhere for mental health because could you imagine if this continues in like the next 20, 30, 50 years? Like where are we going to be then? We probably won't even need a phone. We'll probably have like a microchip in our body and we can just see it in front of us all the time. It's insane. So what can we do and what did I do from this health retreat that essentially cut my screen time in half and it honestly changed my mental health? So the first tip being... Charge your phone away from your bed. We all know how tempting it is to have your phone next to you in bed. And since we moved into this unit, in our old house we just moved from, I had a PowerPoint across the room, which was on my side of the room, which was good. So it wasn't like too close to Ryan so I could quickly jump up and go turn my alarm off when the alarm would go off. But in this unit, we don't really have any other PowerPoints. So I did end up having my phone next to me at this unit for a couple of weeks. And I can tell you... I did not stick to my downtime. Like I did not end up putting my phone down when I was meant to. And it's just so tempting. So if you don't have the willpower like me, put your phone across the room, charge it across the room. And the other positive of this is 
when your alarm goes off in the morning, you physically have to get your ass out of bed and walk across and turn it off. And that's going to help you wake up. So please give that a go. If you think you have the willpower to keep it next to you, then that's fine. But it really, really helped me. The next tip I have to say is having family offline times. Because again, when I added up those hours for myself before and I realized I was spending over a whole day a week or more, well, for me, it was two days a week, nearly three on my phone. I was like, oh my goodness, like we already feel like our kids grow up so fast. And I did. I felt really guilty. I was like, shit, am I wasting my children's childhood on my phone? You know, and it's just like when I started to cut down, I started to look up. You know, we don't look up. We're always looking down at our phone. And it's sad to think how many memories and moments we are missing in our lives because we just won't look up. So having, you know, your family offline times, which I'll get into in a minute, is such a good way to also show our children that, you know, you don't need to be on your phone all the time. Because again, our children mimic us. And I'm not here to make you feel bad because I do the same. But how many times do you know your kids are like running around and like, mommy, look, and you're on your phone. And, and again, we're human. We're allowed to tap out. We're allowed to have our vices. But I think just being a little bit more mindful of it because I'm very much guilty of that. I really, really am. So with your family offline times, for me personally, ours is definitely at dinner time. Like I even asked them to, t- to turn the TV off because our kids literally won't talk to us unless the TV's off. So implementing things like that and for us, you know, with with our jobs, like Ryan has his own business, I have my own business, I like to try and be off my phone by 5pm and I tell my staff, I think you need anything, please get it to me before 5 because I'm putting my phone away. And we pop our phones down at 5 and again, oh, we're not perfect, we're definitely not perfect, we don't always get this right, but this is something we put in place as soon as I got back from the retreat and it was life-changing. So then you're actually having at least a couple of hours just as your family, even just at dinner to talk. You know, like I know I've seen families who have, you know, teenagers and they have like a basket and they have to chuck their phone in the basket before they go and have dinner with everyone. And I think that's such a good idea because then you actually get to talk to each other. You actually get to catch up with each other. The other thing is app limits. Now, as I said, a lot of us work from our phone and it's hard to know like how much time am I actually spending on these apps? So for me, I know With Instagram, from Monday to Thursday, I will need a bit more time on them. And TikTok for me, like I try to post more on there, but I'm not great. So for me, I'm like an hour a day is more than enough. And you can actually go into your phone settings and set app limits for certain apps. And then the days like Saturday and Sunday, I only allow myself an hour on Instagram and an hour on TikTok on those days. Obviously, like emails and things like that, you can set a higher limit. But it's just good to have that awareness. So when that app locks, I know, oh, shit, I've been on here for an hour today. Or shit, I've been on here for like four hours today. It's just good to be able to cater your app limits to certain days of the week. And again, for me on like, say, Fridays, I try to have that as more of a me day. But I know I'll probably want to have a scroll. So I can set maybe Instagram to one and a half hours, two hours if I want to. Now, the other one is having downtime boundaries. And I spoke about this a bit before, but basically I have an iPhone. So again, if you have a Samsung, maybe just have a little look in your settings and see what you can do. But in my iPhone, if you go to settings, then screen time and you go into your downtime, I can actually make my phone like lock me out at a certain time. You can still allow certain people to call you and things like that, but my phone will lock me out at 8 p.m. every night. And for me personally, you know, I always thought I had insomnia and things like that, which I feel like I did to an extent, but it's also because I'm very sensitive to light. I'm very sensitive to social media. It keeps me awake. Even our phone having that blue light, like that blue light on our phone 
That tells our brain that it's like the middle of the day and it can be 11 p.m. at night. So having your downtime boundaries from, for me, for example, is 8 p.m. till 7 a.m. Because the worst thing you can do for yourself is be checked into other people's lives before you go to sleep and check into them as soon as you wake up. Like we need to check back into our own lives. And speaking of blue light, there is also settings in your phone that it automatically will turn on the warm light at a certain time. So I've also done that. For me, I've done it from 6 p.m. Again, I'm a baby. I get very sensitive to light and things like that. So it really, really helped me. So check out your settings, put it to the warmest setting you can. And literally, I put my light right down. So again, that's not going to be as appealing to my brain. If it's not bright and, you know, the colors are really vivid, my brain's not going to find it as interesting. The other thing I really love too is physically putting my phone in a drawer. And I think I've mentioned this in another podcast, but you know, once the kids get home from school and they're like, you know, a bit crazy and they want your attention and you're getting distracted by possibly work, possibly, you know, Susie's telling her how amazing the male dives are. <laughs> because it's, again, because it's addictive, it's hard for us to resist that. So if you physically pop your phone in a drawer and shut the drawer, just doing that physical act really cuts the ties and it does feel like a big weight has been lifted. So doing that honestly has been amazing especially when you're at work. I know how hard it is to concentrate on things when your phone's right next to you. And I promise you, once you start popping your phone in your drawer and you're really wanting to just get one task done, it will change the game for you. Now, the last one is having your notifications off or at least creating some focus modes in your phone, which I will actually link. I did a full YouTube video of how to do all these tech things or all these settings, and it's very much in depth. So I will link them in the show notes because it will change your life. Now, having your notifications off. I know that sounds scary, but for me personally, you know, I always had my email notifications on. I used to have my social media on, which I don't anymore, obviously, because I've got quite a big platform. So otherwise it'd be going off every two minutes. But I feel like a lot of us don't need them all on. You know, like there's not a fire. Like when you think about it, why do you really need to know exactly when Susie comments on your picture or that creepy guy that you met 20 years ago pokes you on Facebook? I don't know. Can you still even do that? Anyways, why do we need to know these things straight away? Why is that stuff so important that you need to stop what you're doing in your life to see what they've commented? Now, I know some things like emails feel like you need to have them on, but even for me, I run my own businesses. I turn them off because I'm someone I can't help but reply. Even if I'm in the middle of playing with my kids, if I hear an email go off, I will reply. So I made the conscious decision to turn them off. And now I know two times a day, I will get on my laptop and set aside 15 to half an hour to go through any emails. And I do that morning and afternoon. And that is my designated email time because I'm still getting back to them. I'm still aware of what's going on, but there's no need for me to be notified soon as I get an email. So I just want you to have a little bit of a reflection on that, on what things you really need to know about straight away. Now, I feel like a lot of you won't even remember the first tip I gave you, proving my point of our attention span and our memory being up shit creek. But I'm going to quickly run you through the tips I've given you to help cut down your screen time. So charge your phone away from your bed, have your family offline times, have your app limits and downtime boundaries, make sure you change your blue light settings, put your phone in the drawer and turn your notifications off. These things are going to change the game for you, but not only for you and your mental health, but your family. You're going to be so present. A little while ago, I made a phone detox challenge and this challenge is 
amazing, if I do say so myself, but I'll link it for you guys again in the show notes. And it's a bit of a day-by-day take on how to, you know, change up how you use your phone or even how you're spending your time. So instead of possibly scrolling on TikTok, why don't you read a book that you've always wanted to read? Heck, I would even prefer you guys listen to a podcast, (laughs) obviously mine, (laughs) but just change up your everyday routines and start doing other activities that will give you that dopamine, but it's obviously going to take you a little bit more effort, but that is going to do your brain a world of good. So if you can take anything away from this episode, I would really love for you guys to check out your screen time. I would really like you guys to be reflective on how contactable you are and how much pressure you're putting on yourself to be up to date all the time. Just remember, unless you're a doctor, we're not saving lives. There's no fire. It's social media and the notifications are still going to be there when you get around to it. I think it's time for us to, you know, take back our power. And, you know, again, I love social media. It's my job. But let's just be a little bit more aware of our habits and how much it's really affecting us. I do hope this episode has helped you reflect on your own habits and some changes that you want to make. I would love if you guys would message me and tell me what changes you make. Please tag me even like doing your phone detox challenge or doing some of the tips that I just mentioned. I can't wait to see how much of a difference these things are going to make in your life because I don't say this lightly that cutting my screen time in half has truly changed my mental health and it's changed my life. And soon as I start falling off with these habits, I do notice my mental health got shit creak again. Anyways, guys, I appreciate you so, so much. I love you and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode of Stepping Up. I don't want this to be just another podcast you listen to, get inspiration, and then you don't take action. If there's been something in this episode that will help you step up into the best version of yourself, open up your notes app or your trusty planner and make a plan. And if you love listening to today's episode, please take a screenshot and show me where you're listening from. I absolutely love seeing it. Make sure you tag Stepping Up and Just Another Mummy Blog. And make sure you subscribe because you won't want to miss what's coming up next week.